Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we are back. Uncle Train and the big dog in the morning, sipping cups of Joe. We are bringing you the hottest talk of the Mets and Yankees banter, crosstown rivalry, Bronx Queens. Gotta love it, hate to see it. As well as just some generic MLB information. On today's episode, we will be doing a little Mets and Yanks banter, as of course is tradition. We will follow that with a little segment that we call Stickouts. And that's not a strike one, strike two, strike three out. That is the biggest thing that has stuck out to you, like a thorn in your side. We will then go into some predictive analysis, shout out to Big Chris, on Dallas Keuchel and Craig Kimbrell. A little Kaiki Kim predictive analysis on where the hell they're going to end up. Because honestly, folks, we don't know. They've got to go somewhere. But where they will go, I'm really not sure. Michael, anything else to add? Let's just get this thing going. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, we got to hit you with a little bit of Tommy Bro. Sweet P, how we doing, boy? Come on. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, this is a gender-neutral podcast. We appreciate people of all shapes and sizes. We're going into the Mets-Yanks portion of the podcast, episode two. You gotta love it. You absolutely gotta love it, and uh, let's kick this thing off by talking about the Mets. Uncle Trey, man. The six and four New York Metropolitans currently playing the Minnesota Twins. Mm. How you feeling so far? Give me the uh, give me the rundown. Well, it's been a little bit of a roller coaster these first two weeks. We started the season off with a strong Degrom outing. It was the Degrom Scherzer matchup that we were all hoping and waiting for, and it really played out exactly how everybody expected. Um, the fact that it was just a full-on pitchers duel, Degrom was absolutely lights out and one upped. Scherzer a little bit, I think, was uh, kind of what everybody expected because he's the best pitcher in the league. Following that game, it really has been pretty crazy given that the rest of that two-week stretch, the pitching outside of DeGrom's second start, just has not lived up to par. We've seen the starting rotation throw absolute duty cakes over the plate. We've seen the bullpen post a, I think, a six-and-a-half ERA first two weeks. It's not the kind of thing that you want to see. On a team that goes into this season, as they always go in, not knowing what their offensive situation is going to be, but expecting a strong pitching core, it's interesting to see that the pitching is not living up to expectations so far. Zach Wheeler, not sure what's going on there. A guy that, for the second half of last year, was posting a 160 RA, and through spring training was absolutely lights out. Very high expectations. You have a lot of analysts going into the season saying, Wheeler's going to be the breakout star. You know, I heard, I, I saw Cy Young being thrown in the conversation. Call me crazy. But, you know, you, you really just hate to see it. And you don't got to love it, unfortunately. We, we really want to love it, but you can't. I think the big thing of this season so far for the Mets has been Pete Alonso. You really got to tip the cap once, twice, thrice 
for well, who we call Big Dick Pete. He really is an animal. The guy's hitting you know to a tune of 400. He's got five dongs on the season so far, 15 ribs. He's arguably one of the best hitters in the National League right now. The boy's panning out. Let's just say that. And it's early. He's panning out early. Pots and pans are flying off the shelves left and right for Pete Alonso. And, you know, the rest of the Mets are also proving to be an offensive force behind him as well. You got guys like Cano who maybe you think would stick out a little bit more, but they're not, you know, not mashing as much as some of us would have hoped. You got guys like Jeff McNeil, who I would like to say that I fully expected Jeffy Mack, when are you coming back? to be a huge offensive star for the Mets this year and continue that over 300 batting average. We're seeing that play out, and that's a beautiful thing. Yeah, I mean, the Mets have been uh, the Mets have been interesting so far. Um, got off to a really hot start. I think the last four games they've lost three, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. Um, but six and four, pretty good start for the team. Very high-scoring games, nonetheless. Yeah, it, I think what's interesting is what you hit on, right? Like, they're kind of the opposite of what we would have thought, we would have wondered, because you gotta wonder, is you the offense is the offense good enough, you know, to to carry this pitching staff um, that's supposed to be really good, you know, not just the uh, the front three starters, but Matt's, you know, when he's pitching well, is a, is at least an average mm-hmm. four, if not a little better, yeah. um, and then the bullpen, you know, led by Edwin Diaz and Familia, was supposed to be a lockdown eight nine. Yep. Um, and it just really hasn't been that way. So mm-hmm. I, I think it's, it, you know, it's it's still very early, of course, but the Mets have been interesting in that they've kind of flip-flopped what we've all uh, thought. Alarming that Zach Wheeler, through two starts, has been abysmal. Uh, I, I'm surprised. I, this is someone who I thought was going to have a big year, still might, um, but going into the mm-hmm. walk year, you really expected him to come out and, and you know, feed off of that second half last year, feed yeah. off of the great spring training that he had. Um, he, just, are, he looks lost. He looks lost out there. Right, and apparently, you know, scouts are saying that he's kind of lost the strike zone a lot. Um, if that's the case, you know, you got to be worried because you need, as a Mets fan, you need Zach Wheeler to be at least some semblance of the Zach Wheeler that we saw in the second mm-hmm. half last year. For a young guy like this, who hasn't had a big year in the majors. He's been, you know, riddled with injuries, a two-year Tommy John recovery. You know, but again, you, we, we've seen flashes of what he can do. And where the pitching coach and catcher really comes in handy is it's a guy who it seems like he's not really using his full IQ potential. He's getting a little fastball happy. He's chucking, you know, six fastballs in a row kind of thing. Pitchers, I mean, the batters know what to expect. And I think the catcher needs to step up, maybe call the game a little bit more. Maybe, you know, you need to put Wilson Ramos behind the plate for every wheeler start. You need a veteran catcher back there calling the game. Similarly with the pitching coach. You know, you got to prep this guy a little bit more, I think. It seems like, again, he's getting a little lost out there. He doesn't know exactly how to pitch to certain uh, batters. And let's, let's, let's use this caveat throughout the entirety of this episode. It's two weeks in. Very, very early. Let's just make it clear that we are not fretting at this point in the season. It's very early. Very it's, early indeed. It, it's very early. Uh, and, you know, even even if, uh, you know, Wheeler has been a little alarming, I do think you need to give it more than two starts. Mm. Um, and then the other thing you, you touched on was was Pete Alonso. Um, and, and count me as someone who is very impressed so far with what I'm seeing from Pete Alonso. Pistol Pete. 
he is rocketing the ball. He's making some of the hardest contact in all of baseball. Um, and, and he's just doing wonders, and he's completely squashing uh, any feeling that he should have been sent down. I mean, I, I do understand the... You keep him down for a month, and then what's the situation? You I keep him for a month in minors, and then he, you, know, you can keep him for another year in contract or some right, shit Right, like I that, think right? it might have been... Uh, I, I think it might have only had to have been two weeks. I think it depends. I'm not mm. sure what the Super 2 deadline is. But the thing is, I, I read today, actually, that he already has a .8 war. So that means that by the time that that deadline comes around, he might we might already be looking at a 1.0 war. At that point, like the Mets are going to take that extra game if that's what he's providing them. The other thing is we're seeing kind of now a template as to how you get past that, which is signing these guys to extensions that buy out their arbitration years mm-hmm. and then add a couple years on top of that. Right. So. Well, to me, there's still a little bit of an argument, you know, because of, of the fact that you, you know, did maybe waste a year if he just does go to sure. free agency. Sure. For the most part, it's squashed. And especially if you can get that that template in place to sign him long term, if he really does prove this year uh, and beyond, maybe for a couple of years, uh, to be that guy, you know, he, he's really been a, a phenomenal player for the Mets so far. Um, along with that, just as a, a bystander, taking a look at the team. Yeah, a bystander. Uh, Michael Conforto is starting to hit yeah. uh, the past few games. I think he's got three home runs in the past three days. Yep. That, to me, has been uh, pretty interesting because yeah. uh, he's someone that I think needs to have a big year for the Mets. He's flashing that 2017 All-Star kind of year. Yeah, I mean, he's he's starting to, to come around. Uh, you know, Again, it's early, so we got to give these, time, these guys time to really get into their own... Uh, and start producing at their levels, but it's it's you know I I imagine as a Mets fan, gotta be exciting to see Conforto start to produce. You gotta be happy seeing these young boys putting on an absolute clinic for the boys back home. Yeah, like ourselves. And and then one one other thing for me that you touched on also is the bullpen. I I it's mm. unbelievable it's that this bullpen has been as bad as it's been. Um, Edwin Diaz, I don't know if he's given up a run yet, but he's getting hit. I mean, this is not, this guy is not coming in and making Mets fans feel comfortable. Which is exactly, I think, why we brought him in, because we've been dealing with Jerry's Familia as our closer for the last however many years. He had that franchise record setting, you know, 50 plus safe season, but every time he came into the game, Mets fans were never confident that he was going to, you know, close it out. We were on the edge of our seats every single game. I, I can recall specifically this one Cubs game. He loaded up the bases. We were, I think we were up one run, and he loaded up the bases. No out. Somehow, he pulls the Houdini act and manages to get out of a jam, I think with like a pop out to the infield and then a double play. And that's the sort of thing that it's game after game that this is happening. And he'll come into the game with a three-run lead, and you know maybe he'll get the save, but we'll win four to three. Yeah, he's not he's not a shutdown reliever, and that's why in the offseason, you know, to me, there was a question of was was he the right guy for them to get? I'm not trying to give an overreactionary take. This is something that I thought in the offseason as well. But, you know, were there better values for the amount that they spent on Familia? We're gonna have to wait and see. We will wait and see. One other point I gotta bring up is DeGrom. A lot of people were losing their shit over his start yesterday. Folks, I am here to tell you 
you gotta pipe it down, okay? You gotta take that pipe and you gotta place it gently on the floor because that pipe cannot be up anymore. We are talking pipe down, this shit happens. The man had a, an unbelievable stretch. Historic. A historic, historic stretch, historic nonetheless, stretch. of 26 straight quality starts, dating back to 2017. I mean, you gotta give the guy a fucking break. He hasn't let up more than three runs in God knows how long. And, it, you know, this kind of shit happens. The weather was absolute duty and a half. It was raining for four hours before that game. Somehow, they managed to drive the field off. I was honestly just hoping for a cancellation that day. Didn't even want to see the baseball happen. And, you know what? Another thing. You look at another guy like Scherzer. You know, he, he had a game last season where he gave up six runs. He had plenty of games where he gave up four runs. Nothing to be alarmed about. The Grom is going to come back next start. He's going to post a big fat zero on the scoreboard, and we're going to be we're going to be happy with what we see next start. If any Met fan or any baseball fan is concerned about Degrom after that start, I just can't even understand that. No. Can't wrap your head around it. Not even with a spinach tortilla. As as John Sterling always says, that's baseball, Susan. The Twins were not hitting home runs against anyone. They come out and have a field day in City Field, yep. not a homer park, against yep. the, arguably the best pitcher in baseball. No doubt about it, he's in the top two or three. That's yep. baseball, Susan. Two. That's baseball, Susan. That's baseball, Susan. We're going to take a little time out now, a little halftime break. Now, a word from our sponsors. Where you going, baby? The summertime is here. With rides galore, a great family deal. Lights that shine, get behind the wheel. Everybody's going down to Playland Park. Have some fun today at Playland Park. Come on, come over at Playland Park. Come on, come over. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Playland Park. We had one kid die on ye old mill. Rest in peace, you really hate to see it. We had another gal die on the scrambler. You really hate to see it, folks. Playland, what are we doing? But we do have a mini golf course. We got a skating rink. We got the Dragon Coaster. You could ride your little hearts out on that thing and you might get flown off into eternity. Who the hell knows? Wasn't there also someone who got their head chopped off on the Dragon Coaster? Like they stood up right as they're going into the Dragon Coaster. Bang! I don't think anybody got their head chopped off. I don't think that happened. But the kid did get grinded under the gears of ye old mill. And the the scrambler, someone like... Got she, thrown yeah, off. She, she, I think she, she tried to stand up, and she just flew out and like hit the wall. A lot of issues at Playland Park. Playland, you got to really figure out your safety situation. We're not but, sure about it, Playland. We're well, really... We're just unsure. Then you got rides galore and a great family deal. And lights that shine, get behind the wheel. Drive on down. Playland Park, ladies and gentlemen. you got to love it. You also hate to see it. Now, boy, what do you say? What do you say now? What do you say? What do you say? What do you say now? Michael, the Yanks, let's just say it's been a very interesting first two weeks. Something that maybe not everybody expected. Maybe I expected a little bit because the Yanks are full of dookie cakes galore. But I'll let you give your two cents on how the first two weeks have played out for you guys. All right, so I have a a lot of different thoughts here on the Yankees. Um, Plenty of thoughts. But I have to start with the thing that's sticking out to me the most so far about this season. Well, what is that, Michael? The Yankees have played some of the sloppiest baseball I have ever seen. I mean, it is. it has been 
so frustrating to watch the Yankees so far this season. Mm. Base running errors galore. Yep. So many errors. They suck. The first few games, I saw a lot of bad at-bats. Sloppy Joe. And, and Aaron Boone's bullpen management has been horrendous. So I'm not thrilled. Uh, to me, you know, and I'll, I'll get to this in a second, Yankees have a lot of injuries. Mm. So they do have a little bit of an excuse not to get off to, like, the 9-2 and two start that we all probably would have hoped for. Mm-hmm. That's, that's fine. It happens. And I don't mind that so much that they're 5-6. and six. Mm. That's, you know, that, whatever. It, it's, it's been two weeks. But what I have a problem with is a team showing up every night and, and embarrassing themselves. I, last night... And their fans. Yeah, one of the most abysmal performances I've seen on a baseball field. I mean, Austin Romine, defensive catcher, uh, the amount of errors and mistakes he was making last night were probably more than I've ever seen him make in his entire career. The Brett man. Gardner, I, I mean, what the hell, Brett Gardner? He's bunting the ball, and then he's deciding not to run to first base. It doesn't make any sense. This team needs to get their heads out of their asses and soon. I, you know, I, Listen, injuries aside, this team is good enough to beat most teams, every team in baseball. They have had two chances so far to beat the Astros, and they've blown both of them. I'm sick of it already. It's a long season. They're going to get this thing figured out. But I'm pissed off. Especially the opener with the O's. I mean, look, you gotta come into the season expecting just a guaranteed three and O start, right? And I, instead, you're looking like a bunch of dookie cakes sitting on the diamond. I mean, there there was no excuse for that Orioles series. If you wanna drop one game because you're getting injured and Again, that's baseball, Susan. Like, if they want to drop one game, fine. Mm. But the fact that they went 2-4 and four to start the season against Baltimore and Detroit because the offense couldn't hit past game one of the season. Well, Detroit is hot in their defense. They also suck Dookie, though. Is, is pathetic. And, you know, again, right, two-week sample size. But I'll tell you why those games are important. Mm. The Yankees last year against last-place teams... The record was 23 and 14. Okay? That's a 100 win team going 23 and 14 against last place teams. The Boston Red Sox, 108 wins. That's eight more than the Yankees. Math. 32 and 5 against last place teams. Wow. That is a nine game difference. That right there was the difference in the AL East last year. So you have to take the opportunities to beat the teams that you need to beat. Right. And I will give them a little bit of a pass on not dominating, but I don't want to see any more sloppy play. You know, play some clean, crisp baseball, and if you get beat by teams that are better than you, that are healthier than you, that's fine. But you you cannot beat yourselves at this point in the season. You no. just can't do it. And I don't want to see it anymore. No. And I mean, you could make the argument, sure, they've been absolutely riddled. With injuries. 11 guys on the IL right now. 11. I mean, that's and insane. That, that is a huge, huge hit. But still, sure. Severino, what is it going to be, six, seven weeks until he's back? I mean, it's going to be more than that because, to me, people are saying mid to late June at best. At best. My, my opinion is, at best, 
after the, like right after the All-Star break. That, to me, is the best-case scenario. This guy is getting shut down for six more weeks. That's before he can even start throwing. You have to remember, he basically needs a spring training. He, this guy did not have spring training. He is not coming mm-hmm. back anytime soon for them. The silver lining on it is that there's nothing wrong as of right now with his rotator cuff, and that would have been way worse than a latch strain. That's, a, that's quite the silver lining. So... There is like a little bit of a positive there, but I, I don't know how much you can rely on Sebi this year. Mm. You know, I'm really hoping right. he comes back, but that's a big one. I mean, you needed Sebi to come out and be the ace that he was in the first half last year, and now we're not going to have him for quite some no, time. No. Uh, hopefully he's back in the second half and can help this team, uh, you know, win the pennant like they want to and win the World Series like like their aspirations are. But yeah, right. yeah. losing him for a significant period of time is, is going to hurt. There's no doubt about it. Uh, and Duhar, potentially uh, out for the year. Uh, he threw today, okay. and he said he felt better than he expected. But until uh, until he gets cleared, uh, you can't really rely on no. him being back. No. Uh, Giancarlo Stanton hurt. Uh, swung today, said he felt great. But again, like, what's the best case scenario for Stanton? Is it end of April? Is it May 1st? The Yankees luckily have the depth to weather the storm, right? Guys like Clint Frazier come up and he can hit. Yep. Um, you know, you have a guy like DJ LeMayhew to... Who is a starter on any other team. Yeah, I mean, not only is he a starter on every other team, but... He's arguably one of the best batters on every other team. He's, he's been one of the best batters on the Yankees so far, and he plays a much better defense at third or second, wherever he is, than Andujar is going to give you at third base. Right. So... There's some value to LeMahieu being in the lineup more consistently. Yeah, and that's, that, that, that's the thing. is You're injured, but you're not throwing schlubs out there. You're not throwing a triple-A team out there. You know, you again, like you said, you have enough depth where you're fielding a solid team. Right. It's just you got you to gotta put them to work. Yeah, and you got to play clean, crisp baseball. It cannot go on like this. Right now it's sloppy Joe. you got to snap out of it. It's been very sloppy Joe. No more sloppy joes. No, you could almost you could feel the grease just seeping out of the holes in the bottom of the spatula, all over the bread, and now the bread's getting soggy. It's and soggy bread. That's the last thing that you want. The bread's the most important part of the sandwich, and if the bread's not good, the whole sandwich is uh, it's trash can. No, no, you you don't want the bread to get too soggy. That's really just gonna make an absolute brutal sloppy joe. Absolutely, and one more negative before I get into the positives of what I've seen so far. Oh, positives. Aaron Boone needs to manage the bullpen more effectively. Right. He is leaving guys in for too long. He he left Holder in. He you know he brings him in towards the end of one inning, then he pitches another inning, then he pitches you know they, he starts him in the third inning. You have Adam Ottavino. You have Zach Britton. Like you have Tommy Canley. By the way, is is good again. I don't want to see this bullpen mismanagement on a game-by-game basis. It, it cannot happen. So that's where I'm at right now. I'm very frustrated. I do believe it's going to turn around. You do seem very frustrated. Honestly, you really, the side note, you got to love the beautiful juxtaposition between the Mets and the Yanks fan right now. Historically, the Mets fan would be getting so worked up, but honestly, when you're throwing Big Dick Pete out there, it's like, boy, howdy, how can you complain? Meanwhile, Michael here is about to lose his shit. It's April for the Mets, though, and everyone knows historically the Mets start hot, started 11-2 last year, didn't turn out so well. And we'll see now let's get back to what matters, couple, the New York Yanks. couple positives, Mike. We'll talk positives. Big positive. 
Gary Sanchez. Oh, Bean Sanchez. This guy, Gary Sanchez, I'm ready to say it, Gary's back. Oh, boy. Gary's got six home runs. Oh, Gary's back, and he's better than ever. It's Christmas this year. Gary's here. Exactly. Three home runs in one game. He's he's just getting and three base swing, three hits. swings on the list. Right. He's getting base hits. He's he's playing very well. He looks better uh behind the plate in terms of blocking balls. He's making too many errors. He's a big part of that uh yeah, like he does. The error gang. Um the error gang. But overall with the bat, I'm very pleased with Gary Sanchez. Little injury on him right now. Uh, he hopes to return on Friday. So I'm not going to get uh, overly concerned until I hear the news. But yeah. impressed with Gary so far. Uh, Glaber Torres. Oh, the, uh, oh, the Glaby baby. He's been very impressive. A 4 for 4 game with two home runs. That really kind of helped that team to snap out of it against Baltimore. Yep. Um, so he's, he's impressed me. Clint Frazier with the bat. Not a great defender by any means. A below average, uh, I might be putting it lightly, a below average left fielder uh, in the MLB. And uh, let me just go two more. Uh, Adam Adovino has been fantastic. I'm actually going to go to three more. Adam Adovino has been fantastic. Uh, Very impressed with what I've seen from him so far. Uh, And then I wanted to give a shout out to Masahiro Tanaka, Naka Nacion. He has been the ace that we need on this team, uh, even if the team hasn't scored for him. And finally, you can't have a podcast without mentioning the man, the myth, the legend, the behemoth himself, Aaron Judge. This guy is so awesome. It is impossible as a baseball fan to dislike him. It's true. He is so nice to the fans. He's a good dude. He is, he's just got tremendous amounts of swag. And he's fucking huge. And he's huge. And he has great at bat after great at bat. I love Aaron Judge. That's all I got to say. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it looks like the court orders are in. And Aaron Judge is guilty of being a fucking stud. You got to love that, folks. You really do. This guy is uh, hes a future captain, in my opinion. He's going to be the captain of the Yanks. I hope he's it. there long term. I think before he becomes captain, he needs to sign... Uh, that extension that every other young player is signing right now. Mm. Uh, it seems like Aaron Judge, it could be your time soon. If anybody's earned it, it's him. He's earned it. He is, he's big time. And I'm sticking with him as my MVP pick. I think uh, I think he's going to really get going. I can see it. I think he's going to be big time this year still. Yeah. Got to give it up for the Judge, man. All rise. And everybody can sit back down. <laughs> Thank you. And uh, now for another advertisement. A word from our sponsors. Salino and Barnes, injury attorneys, 800-888-8888. That's Salino and Barnes, your trusted injury attorneys. You stub your toe, you break your fingernail, you get punched in the nose, you gotta call Salino and Barnes. Mr. Barnes and Mr. Salino, they're coming for you. They're gonna help you out if you're hurt, you need a little band-aid. Maybe you took a little duke too hard, and you get a little bit of blood in the toilet paper. That kind of shit happens, and it really sucks. Happens to me maybe once a week, once every other week. I should probably see a doctor, but that's not going to happen. You know what I am going to do, though? I'm calling Salino and Barnes, okay? Because I know that these motherfuckers will help me through any situation. 732 reviews on Yelp 
Four and a half stars. It's you a, gotta trust Elena and Barnes. You gotta trust them. You gotta love it. You absolutely have to suck it, and there can be no questions asked on that. <laughs> Folks, Salino and Barnes sounds like a fucking carnival company. But honestly, this is no joke. This is Salino and Barnes helping you out. A friend in need is a friend indeed. Folks, on that note, call Salino and Barnes. What is it? 800 888 888 888 888 That's it. 800-888-888. A lot of O's chose It's only nine numbers. <laughs> it's gotta be ten. <laughs> no, it's 1-8, eight, eight, like 1-800-888-888. And what teams are really sticking out to us in the first two weeks of the season? We got a couple things to discuss, don't we, Michael? Absolutely. And I think you cannot start anywhere other than Yawkey Way, Fenway Park, yep. the Boston Red Sox. What the fuck? I, I, this is something I just do not understand at all. Um, this team is 3-9 and nine currently. They started out 2-8. and eight. Last year, their worst 10 game stretch, four and six. So it took them one 10 game stretch to have a worse 10 game stretch than they had all of last year. The starting pitching has been laughable. The worst in baseball, not even close. With Chris Sale kind of being the leader of that dookie cake of a rotation right now. It's like you, coming off a season like you had last year, you got to be wondering, is he hurt? I mean, what what other explanation do you have? I, I saw it suggested on Twitter earlier today huh. by former Mets GM Steve Phillips. Huh, great man. He suggested that it's possible that the Red Sox need to shut down Chris Sale entirely and then build him back up from the ground up. What, demote him to AAA? Just, like, kind of shut about? him down, I guess, as if he's hurt, maybe? The and then, like, shut him down. G- give him, like, a an extended spring training to build up his arm strength? I mean, he's not throwing... You can't baby him like that. That's ridiculous. But, but what's going on here? I mean, that that's three bad starts. Sound the alarms, because the guy wasn't throwing at his velocity. And then, my other thing is, he said himself... I saw this quote. Mm. He said, I've never felt more lost on the mound. Wow. That is an unbelievable thing for a pitcher to say. That's heavy. Got to verify my sources on that. Okay, I didn't but say it that. But it was a Red Sox beat writer uh, who, who put that tweet out. That, to me, if he said that, I don't know where his confidence is. Mm. Uh, he consistently gets hurt in the second half of the year, but not really a first-half injury guy. He's more of a first-half Cy Young, second-half kind right. of fades. right. It is mind-boggling what's yeah. going on in uh, what's going on in Boston. But it's everyone. I mean, him, Eduardo Rodriguez, Price. It's like nobody. Abaldi. Nobody can seem to find a groove. And and not only that, but one thing that we knew about them going into the season is that they do not have one reliever in that bullpen that scares you. Right. And the bullpen right. has lived up to that billing. They have Absolutely. not been good. Absolutely. Not quite as bad as the rotation's been, but. Man, I mean, you're missing Kimbrel. Yeah, that's for sure. He's yep. still sitting out there. We're gonna get to that in a little bit. But he's sitting pretty. But man, it is. It has been tough sledding. I'm shocked. 
I do expect this team to get it turned around. Yeah, They're too talented and good, and there's too much trash in the American League to not get it turned around. But, man, losing on ring ceremony day to the Toronto Blue Jays with your ace on the mound? It's embarrassing. That is insane. I That is not something that I could even fathom possible. Right. If you asked me for a sure bet on the entire Major League Baseball season, it's Chris Sale game 12 of the season on the day that the Red Sox are getting their rings facing the Blue Jays in Fenway. That's a lock. Absolutely. And the fact that they're getting absolutely shelled, especially on a day like that, it's embarrassing for the team. It's embarrassing for the fans. Frankly, it's embarrassing for the franchise. Any shot in your mind that this team misses the playoffs this year? See, that's the thing. You ask me right now. I'm a little heated right now. I'm worked up. So I got to say, yes, there is doubt in my mind. You ask me at the beginning of the season or maybe you ask me a month from now. I think the results are going to be completely different. I think they're definitely going to find the groove. Uh, you know, Mookie hasn't been the crazy MVP player that he was last year. He's batting like 250-ish, granted. He's still got, I think, you know, a handful of dongs, maybe double digits and ribbies. So he, you know, he's getting there. But again, not MVP caliber. That's the kind of guy that you expect every time he's getting up to the plate. You expect big things. Um, well, you know, let's let's hone in on that for a second, right? I think something that probably doesn't get talked about enough is that they won 108 games last year. Right. Why'd they win 108 games? Because Mookie Betts had the best season of his career by far. Yep. J.D. Martinez had the best season of his career by far. Yep. I, I mean, they had Steve Pierce go off in the playoffs. This guy is a journeyman player. Nathan Avaldi looked like a Cy Young candidate. Baseball's a long season. A lot of things need to go right for you. They had basically everything go right last year. Right. right. Now they're facing a little bit of uh, a little, little, little bit of regression. A little Some, bit of regression. A little bit of turbulence. A little bit of say. turbulence. We hit turbulence. We're shaking a little bit. Well, I think we're going to ask them to fasten their seatbelts. Please do not walk about the cabin. Got to turn your cell phones off, even though nobody's going to listen to that. And we're going to be listening to music as we take off. But you go into turbulence, you buckle down. Can't get up to take a duke, even if you got to. And you just kind of got to ride it out for a little bit. And I think, again, they're going to find their groove. They'll be smooth sailing. They'll be able to pop the autopilot on for a little bit. But it's going to take time. Yeah, I'm, I, I hate to say it. There is next to no doubt in my mind that they're making the playoffs this year. And maybe it's because I'm a Yankee fan and I've just seen this... Uh, I've seen this sort this you've this heard team you've, you've heard this tune before up close and personal for a long time and I just cannot see them missing the playoffs this year right. on to uh, topic number two you got anything that's uh, on your mind sticking out so far this season um I think big thing has been Christian Yelich I mean Jesus Christ the man is absolutely living up to the expectations that he was setting off towards the end of last season he, he I mean he's just continuing his hot streak from the end of last season yeah, and I think what's crazy too is like I think there was this there was this sense that he was going to regress, right. that he wasn't right. going to be the MVP caliber player right. that he was last year, but through 11 games, man, four home runs in the first four games of the season, I believe that tied a record. Yep. He looks locked in, he's loaded. Looks like Pete Davidson, and you know Pete Davidson's killing it these days. 
Christian Yelich is off to a hell of a start. He looks like a, yep. he looks like an MVP in the National League again. He's the real deal. I kind of expected him. I am guilty as charged. Expected him to take a step back a little bit. Maybe we'd see more. You know, in Miami, he was a great ball player. He was not an MVP ball player. When he came to Milwaukee, started absolutely mashing dongs and driving in runs left and right. He's a great fielder. He's got a little bit of speed. I mean, the guy has all the tools to be an all-around outstanding ball player. And I'm, I'm, I'm very glad that he's really turning out to be the stud that he was last year. Yeah, he was someone coming into Miller Park that I was very high on once he got traded. I thought he was going to have a big year. It was beyond anyone's expectations. This year, I, I did not see him repeating that. Uh, but he's off to a, a start that makes you uh, makes you scratch your head a little bit and say, huh, maybe I have to reconsider that one. You got to scratch a little bit. Not too hard. Don't want to overreact here. We don't want any uh, dandruff falling down. There was this kid who I went to high school with. I was calling him by his first name, Josh. I'm sure some of the listeners from Yorktown will uh, hear this. But y- Yorkie Heights? Yorkie Heights. His dandruff was on another planet. And you sit behind him in class and he starts scratching. Even he just leans back a little bit. You get a full dusting of snow on your test, and you're like, Jesus Christ, what the hell is going on here? We better be getting a half day because we're getting at least an inch coating the ground. Cars are going to be sliding. This boy's dandruff was insane. You hate to see that. You really hate to see it. They got something called head and shoulders. Shout it out. Knees and toes. You got to go head, shoulders, knees, and then toes. You absolutely have to. Uh, and now, just to uh, name a couple other things, mm. you know, before we get to the last segment of the pod, how about those Tampa Rays? You really got to tip the cap. Wow. They are good. They're I putting mean, they're... on a clinic in a division like that, too. And it gets me thinking, do they have a shot at the playoffs when you have the two powerhouses of the Sox and the Yanks that you would really expect to be the top two? Um... I personally can see one of the two, Yanks or Sox, taking a big blow. If the Yanks are still riddled with injuries, maybe they don't even make the postseason. That would really be a thing of beauty. You could see the Rays maybe take the wild card. Hell, they take the division. Who the hell knows? The way that they're playing ball right now, you got Blake Snell leading the pack of that rotation, put throwing out absolute clinics every time he's on the mound. Uh, I'm going to say... They have a chance to make the playoffs. Mm. Uh, I still think at the end of the day, the Red Sox or the Yankees are taking the AL East. But sure, as a wild card, why not? Uh, They're pitching. Uh, We knew Blake Snell was good, but off to a great start is Tyler Glass now. Yanni Chirinos is pitching well. 877 Glass now. 877 Glass now. 877 Glass now. 877 Glass now. Call now. And, uh... Another thing I'm going to say, and maybe this is a, uh, maybe it's a bit of a stretch. If he stays healthy, Tommy Pham, top five to ten in the MVP voting, I think is is very possible for Tommy Pham. La Familia, wow. Trudy Proud, the Proud family. Wow. Oh, uh, Tommy, family matters. Did I do that? I think Tommy Pham's got a real chance here. Well, you really hope that the family man can take home bacon for his, uh, Family. He's a family. Man. What do you say now, boy? What do you say now, boy? 
What are you saying now, Tommy? What are you saying now, Tommy? What are you saying now? What are you saying now? What are you saying now, Tommy? Tommy? And finally, one last thing that we have to touch on. The boys from Safeco Field, the Seattle Mariners. Yep. I believe they're either going for 12 and 2 or they are 12 and 2. I think they have like over 30 home runs. It's absolute insanity. I think their entire pitching staff is a solidified piece of duty cake that's been left in the oven for way too long. Oh man, it's a it's an overcooked duty cake and there's no doubt about that. It's it's it really is wild though. And again, small sample size. Haven't hit the N. Shout out to Big Chris. Fucking class sucks. But it's early. I think eventually their lack of pitching is going to catch up to them. They're not going to continue this <clears throat> torrid stretch. There's just no way it can continue. I'm with you. I don't think this team is for real. Uh, I do think they could be better than what people thought. But I'm not seeing the playoffs for the Seattle Mariners. Uh, I'm not seeing it this year. No. And you really do hate to see it. I mean, you got Marco Gonzalez really throwing dimes. But beyond that, I mean, King Felix, like, what the fuck is what the fuck's the deal with him? I think he's got way too many neck tattoos. He's got to calm down a little bit. I'm not saying it for them this year. I'm just not saying it. Uh, but we're going to have to wait and see. I really would love to see it. I wouldn't hate to see it. I wouldn't hate to see it. I wouldn't hate to see it. I would not hate to see it. I would say that you gotta love it. I mean, longest postseason drought in the MLB. Right. So you gotta love it. You don't really hate to see it, but you absolutely have to suck it. I think that's a lock. You can lock that in. And now, a word from our sponsors. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Wow! Here at O'Reilly Auto Parts... You can get your auto parts today, tomorrow, maybe the next day, next week, hell, maybe even next year. Any auto parts that you need, we'll fucking get them. And you can rely on us for that. If you're looking for auto parts, there's absolutely no better place to go. Look no further. I mean, it's an unbelievable shop. O'Reilly's Auto Parts in Newark, Delaware. You got a motorcycle? Good for you. You need a car tire? Fuck it. That's sick. You need a uh, windshield wiper? Wipe your butt. You could. But you can't wipe your friend's butt. So, ladies and gentlemen, we are back for our very last segment of the evening. It is the Kaiki Kim's Predictions. I'm a poet. Bet your sweet ass I didn't know it. So, there are a million teams out there. Granted, there's only 30 teams in the league. But... There's a million of them, though. There's a million of them. And every single one of them, out of those million, can use either or both Dallas Keuchel and or Craig Kimbrell. Let's start with Craig Kimbrell. Completely agree with you, by the way. Basically, every team in the league could use both of them. Right. Let's start with Craig Kimbrell. I mean, where do you think he's going? Here's the thing. There's a million teams out there that need to bolster their bullpen. There are a million teams. I mean, the team right off the bat that I'm thinking is the Sox. You look at their bullpen, it's absolutely atrocious. Their pitching just in general right now, again, like we said, is absolute dog shit and a half. It's a team that I think they need some sort of juice. And Kimbrel is the kind of guy that chucks the fireballs 
And he, again, we, we already saw it in, in Boston once before. I think if he comes back, the fans are going to welcome him with open arms once again. And I really think that just adding some guy like that, 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 that could be the thing that sparks the team to start producing again. Yeah, I mean, I think they make a ton of sense. I don't think it's happening. I do not think they will spend the money. Uh, he's also asking for he's asking for what six years, a hundred mil. Well, that was what we heard at first. There's no way he had to have come down from that. Otherwise, he's never signing in his entire life. Right. Um, they make a ton of sense. Yep. I don't think it's happening. I don't think the Red Sox will spend the money. I think they have. I think the Red Sox are tied up financially in so many guys long term, mm. and that's without even having secured Mookie bets. Right. I don't think they want to give multiple years to Craig Kimbrell. I think they're happy to go first half of the season with this bullpen and then potentially try to trade for a guy, maybe an Archie Bradley type at the deadline. Uh, for me, I'm sending Craig Kim's back home. Uh, I'm sending him to a team that can certainly afford him. I'm sending to him to a team that definitely needs him. Mm. And I'm, I'm going with the Brian McCann. We're, we're heading back home to Hotlanta. I think he's heading to Atlanta. Wow, bring, I, bring it back, baby. I think it makes a lot of sense. You replace a guy like Vizcaino with him, move Vizcaino back to the 8th, Minter to the 7th. All of a sudden, that bullpen doesn't look like a complete pile of steaming dookie cake. Yeah. Uh, and I think Craig Kimbrell to the Braves makes a lot of sense. And now let's talk a little bit about Dallas Keuchel. Uh, so Dallas Keuchel. A lot of teams could use a starter like this. He has regressed since the Cy Young. Yep, no question about it. But I believe his ERA last year was like 3-7-something. Uh, he's got the beard. You gotta love that Said beard. Said he's willing to trim it, by the way. He's not signing with the Yankees. He's not signing with the Mets. Nope. He's signing with the up-and-coming, the young boys in San Diego. I was literally going to say the Padres, you son of a bitch. The Padres could use Dallas Keuchel. He's the veteran they need. Yep. Nice lefty. Uh, you know, helps out guys like Paddock and Matt Strom. And I can't even pronounce the other guy's name. I think Dallas Keuchel in San Diego makes a lot of sense. Absolutely. And I think they, they're starting to build up the offense right now. You got Manny Match, obviously. You got Fernando Tati, the titty man. Fernando. Who is... Absolutely panning out. Gotta love that. Uh, son of ex-Met great, Fernando Tatis Sr. Um, who else they got? They got Hosmer. Hosmer. Will, Will Myers. You got Fran Mill. Franny Boy. You got Hunter Renfro. I, I mean, honestly, some tots. they got the offense. Their rotation, I think, is definitely lacking. It's something that could use some major bolstering. So I think Keichel is willing, if he is willing to bolster that rotation and really sign in with the Padres, I think that would be an unbelievable fit. As long as they could dish out the money that he's willing to accept, um, I think that would be an excellent fit. I could also see him potentially going to Milwaukee. Milwaukee's right? interesting. I think the Brewers are a team that could use a little bit of extra oomph in their rotation. right? Again, another team that has that offensive power and prowess, but pitching-wise... I think they leave, uh, you know, they're, they're, there's a couple gaps there. And they're definitely a team that if they signed a guy like Keuchel, they would be a couple notches up and definitely a bigger threat to the rest of the league than they currently are. I, I think with Milwaukee, like, I, I completely agree. And I feel like for maybe like the last year or so now, 
the casual fan has been waiting for Milwaukee to make that type of impact starter move. Mm. They've got all these great bullpen pieces. They've got a great lineup, but yep. there's not one pitcher in that rotation that scares you. I know Jimmy Nelson could be that guy when he comes back, but you don't know what you're getting from him off of injury. Dallas Keuchel immediately slots in as maybe their best starting pitcher. I, I mean, that's a big that's a big deal. So I like that fit. Yeah. Freddie Freddie Peralta, Freddy, he's, yeah, he's stud. like a hit miss type guy. The chassis boy. It's like they got no they got no major threats right. in the rotation. And and just to throw out one more team that I think makes a lot of sense, spent a lot of money this offseason. I know you'd hate to see it, but how about Philadelphia? I, Very righty rotation. As much as I hate to admit it, it would be a good fit. It's It makes a lot of sense. A lefty uh, in that rotation. It could be big time. I think he makes sense there. Uh, you throw him in the mix with Noel Arrieta. I mean, that that that, that is a rotation Eflin, not to be Eflin's reckoned been, with. had two good starts. And the Effie boy, right, dropping the F-bomb. And Pivy, maybe he comes around. Piv, we'll see what happens. If he can maybe pan out, that'd be nice. Actually, it wouldn't be nice. I would hate it. Fuck the pills. Just saying. Yeah, so it's going to be interesting. I think nobody has any clue where these two guys are landing. I, I, I just, I'm it really, stunned. It, it really I'm is, stunned. It's, it's crazy how they're still free agents. If we're being completely honest. Right. It's and, unbelievable. And my thing with this, too, is like, I don't know what to think. Because is it that they both just demanded way too much? Yeah. Or is it that these teams are just looking at both of them and they're like, eh, I'm not that impressed. I don't want to pay you even close to what you want. Well, the thing is with the whole free agency market, I mean, we know that this year, especially, and, you know, the past couple of years, it's it's been much more different than it's been in previous years. And especially with a guy like Boris controlling Keiko, I mean, he's, 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 hold, he's been known to hold out until he gets the biggest deal possible. Is he maybe playing his cards a little bit wrong in this situation? Waiting a little too long. And I mean, you know, Keiko, he's saying he's ready to go. He's every five days pitching a 95-pitch simulated game. So, you know, the boy's prepping. I'm, I'm farting. I'm dropping dukes. I'm ready to fucking see the boy get out there and take the mound. It's, it's wild because I think even though there was this free agent freeze, mm. a slow-moving market, the top of the market got paid. Yeah. Patrick Corbin, $140 million. That's way more than you would have predicted a year ago. Right. Bryce Harper still gets his monster deal, and Manny Machado still gets his monster deal. Dallas Keuchel and Craig, K- Craig Kimbrell were the next two guys on that list. They have not gotten paid. I don't know what the offers are, so I can't fully judge it. It's just stunning that it's April, and there's no Dallas Keuchel, and there's no Craig Kimbrell. And you really hate to see it, folks, if we're being completely honest. I would say you gotta love it, but more so you hate to see it. And do you have to suck it? I think you absolutely have to suck it. That's a guarantee. That's it. If there's any constant in my life, it's that you gotta fucking suck it. Come on, folks. Get out of town. I believe that concludes episode two. There's not much more to say. We've said it all. We've said it all. We've said it all. So, God damn it, have a wonderful night if it's the evening as you're listening. Have a wonderful day if you're listening in the morning on your train commute. Who the hell knows where you are? I don't, so you can suck my balls. Signing off, Uncle Train, Big Dog, in the morning, sipping coffee, cup of joe, two dudes sitting in chairs, farting, talking about baseball. Rivaderci, baby.